0: The following CannabisRadio.com program contains explicit language and content that can be considered graphic and offensive. This program is not suitable for all audiences, and the opinions expressed do not reflect those of CannabisRadio.com, its staff, management, or sponsors. Listener discretion is advised.
1: From the Stoner Jesus Show archives, in 1966, St. Peter auditions for the role of Spock in the original Star Trek television series.
2: Oh, uh, uh, here we go, here we go. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Captain, but that would be illogical. Ill- ill-log- I'm sorry, Captain, but that would be illogical. What? What? Hey, say it. Illogical... Illogical. What does illogical mean? Means not, not, not logical. Not okay. What's logical mean? Captain, I am a vul, vulcan. I am a vulcan. I. Do, what's a vul, What's a vulcan? So he's what he is. Okay. Why am I wearing these stupid ears? Why? Why is his ears got to be pointed? It looks dumb. Uh, Okay, I'm a Vulcan. What? Vulcan. I'm a Vulcan, Captain. I I only deal in logic. There's that word again. Word again, what the fuck does logic mean? Oh man, this is not going well. Let Let me try one more time. Hello, my name is Spock. Live long and prosper. What's that mean? I got the live long part. What does prosper mean? Oh, like like when you have you like you like have stuff and you like you're like you know successful in life. Oh yeah, I wouldn't know anything about that. Give me one more try. I'm sorry, Captain. I cannot do that. To do so would be. Illogical. It's right. Nailed that shit. I'm Spock up in this bitch. What? What? Oh, I didn't get the job? Well, fuck you. Fuck you. What the fuck do you know about television? Gene Roddenberry? That's a dumb fucking name anyway, you bitch. You, you'll be hearing about St. Peter, motherfucker, and you'll be sorry. You'll wish I was the pointy-eared motherfucker, on your stupid little space show. Nice, uh, nice special effects. Oh, by the way, the, the the starship or the spaceship on strings. It's really fucking great, man. It's really fucking great. It's very convincing. That's some that's some dope production you got going there, motherfucker. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck you. Fuck Star Trek. Fuck all you bitches. Oh. This is kind
3: of cool. Stoner. You can put your weed in there.
2: stones, Jesus. Oh, check this out. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. A lot of people don't realize this, but you can put your weed in there.
0: This is the Stoner Jesus Show on CannabisRadio.com. It's
2: my Greg, you're a If I can use a medical term. Man, oh, man. You're gay. There's no facts in the, in the church. Oh. Oh, yeah.
1: Holy crap. Don't try to debate me on something. Motherfucker, I can't do many things well, but words are my shit. Aw, oh, yeah. Words are indeed my shit. Welcome, everybody, to Stunner Jesus Show, chapter 1, verse 27. It's a fucking headphone problems as usual. God damn it. Shit's not working. Shit. Anyway, it's chapter 1, verse 24 of the Stern or Jesus Show, We're recording it live on January 14th, 2018. Tell everybody to listen to the free audio version, whether it's on Stern or Jesus.net or cannabisradio.com or iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you for checking us out. Listen to the video version or watching the video version of the show. Hello, everyone get the video version of the show Look, at this, check out the stories and the videos we're checking out see what hat I'm wearing today uh, anything else goes on studio, you'll see that as well you'll see my amazing and, and spot on graphics work and transitions and all that shit, it's crazy nuts how professional and great this all looks <clears throat> that's not the throat clearing of someone being sarcastic I just have something in my throat Patreon.com slash 420 Five bucks a month You can get all 24 now of video, A chapter reverse versions of the show on video The archives All kinds of stuff Patreon.com slash sternerjesus 420 I'm on Twitter as jesus 420 You want to email the show SternorJesus420 at gmail.com From the Facebook We're on Facebook as well Facebook.com slash jesus 420 Also search Disciples of Sternard Jesus To find our group for the show Disciples of Stoner Jesus on Facebook and join our group for the show. So all the uh hardcore fans of the show hang out, chat, whatnot. Big show today. We're talking about the Hawaii Missile Crisis False Alarm thing that happened yesterday. We also have an Antichrist update. And to round out the show, my interview with Scott Horton. He's Scott Horton.org. scotthorton.org, he does a lot of great interviews, founder of the Libertarian Institute, expert on war. We talked mainly about the war on drugs. We talked about other stuff, Iraq and Afghanistan and all that. His new book, Fool's Errand, Time to End the War in Afghanistan. It's available on Amazon at scotthorton.org. We talk about that as well. All that coming up here on the Stoner Jesus Show. <clears throat> that is definitely the throat clearing of someone who needs to uh, clear their throat. So yesterday, if you're on social media, especially on Twitter, you noticed the um, the Hawaii missile thing. If you you have like, especially if you have an iPhone, but really I think any smartphone now, you get these emergency alerts. You know, I get Amber alerts. I get uh, you know alerts for uh, well weather. You know, winter alerts. Uh, the 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 weather, the rain, snow, all the alerts. You get the alert the fucking alerts on your phone. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, people in Hawaii got an alert to said, hey motherfuckers. I'm paraphrasing of course. Hey motherfuckers. There's a fucking missile coming. <laughs> That's not quite um what it was. This story is from BBC.com. We'll scroll down here to the uh the actual picture. If you have the video version of the show, you better see the picture there. Alright, see this fucking thing is delayed. Anyway, this is what it actually said. Ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. So really just they're, you know, just wanting you to know that there's some bad shit coming. Well, obviously, uh, there was no missile coming and people freaked out. It took like, I guess I saw some cases like 11 to 19 minutes, maybe for some people even a little bit longer for whoever sent that alert to come back and say, oh, no, you know what? It's not... It's not a missile. There's not a missile coming. So everybody can calm down. <laughs> I don't know why this is running so fucking slow to bring up my picture. It has something to do with the settings for this bullshit. Oh, it's not on low bandwidth mode. I don't know. Maybe we won't have that that uh, that tool today for the show to make the show great. <laughs> In any case. So people got this alert. They freaked the fuck out. Um just go back up here. This um this BBC story says the alert of the incoming ballistic missile was sent wrongly on Saturday morning by an emergency system worker. Victims of the ordeal spoke of hysteria and panicked evacuations. Evacuations, where are you gonna go? If you're in Hawaii and there's a missile coming, where are you going? You're gonna get on a boat? If you got a boat, well, I guess that then just fucking go out to sea. I guess that's your best bet. But there's missiles coming to Hawaii unless you know exactly where they're coming. You to your basement? Your your missile-proof basement? Uh, The false alarm sparked recriminations with state officials apologizing and President Donald Trump's response called into question. By the way, that's the thing. If you've listened to the show for a while, you know I'm no fan of Trump. I didn't vote for Trump. I like some of the things he does. I don't like some of the things he does. Uh, I is he kind of nuts uh, is his Twitter uh, account off the hook and off the chain yes all those things are true <laughs> but um, I saw people like Jamie Lee Curtis who if you don't remember her she was a she was in Halloween and true lies and uh, she does those um, old lady Activia yogurt commercials try to keep your shit regular or whatever it does so uh, she why the fuck is this not working this is getting on my nerves now I reset. I reset it. How does that work? Maybe like this? No. <laughs> ah, damn. Well, Wait anyway, I guess it's not going to work. That's a shame. It's one of the, one of the best things. The best things about the show. Is to be able to bring up that window. <laughs> uh, apparently it was a mistake. Oh yeah, Trump. Finish up Trump. People start freaking out and blaming Trump. When this had nothing to do with Trump? People are all well he sent out you know, some tweets and King Jong un Kim Jong un and you know he's there's gonna be nuclear war, there's gonna be new, there's not gonna be any fucking nuclear war. There's not gonna be a nuclear war unless uh you know, we try to invade North Korea. Which I would hope we wouldn't do. They have enough problems. You know, all this nuclear bullshit is their they're deterrent to keep from being overrun like Iraq was and Afghanistan was and you know, because if Saddam Hussein would have had nuclear weapons, we sure as shit would have thought twice about Iraq War II. In any case, people are freaking out about Trump. Now, see, Trump does so many crazy things that you could focus on those crazy things and actually be worthwhile. But there are some people out there like Jamie Lee Curtis and other celebrities that get on their fucking Twitter and go nuts and blame every single thing that happens on Trump. And that had to loose the things and the reaction that's available for the things that he actually does wrong. So to get out here and say something that a state employee did, push the wrong button, according to Hawaii's Emergency Management Agency, uh, during procedures that occurred during the handover of a shift. Phone users received the message at 8.07 uh, local time. Ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. State community shelter. This is not a, an alarm. The alert was corrected by email 18 minutes later, but there was no follow-up mobile text for 38 minutes, according to the Honolulu Star advisor. I saw some screenshots where it came in like 29 minutes ago and then the the thing that said, well, it's not a – that was false, came in 18 minutes ago. So that's an 11-minute gap. In any case, it was enough of a gap to freak fucking people out because a lot of people look at their phone and say, hey, that's nuts. There's a missile coming. But to blame it on Trump just – it's unnecessary. Trump does all kinds of crazy shit. You don't need to to make shit up to blame him about. Some dumbass – in Hawaii, they're saying, "Well, the reaction was bad because of North Korea and all that." It's not Trump's fault. North Korea has nuclear missiles. That's just been going on for years. We've been dealing with North Korea since the '50s, and the nuclear thing for over 20 years. Going back to fucking King Jong Un's granddad, we've been working on this shit for the uh, the nuclear the nuclear problem. Uh, for some people, it was panic—a dash to a productive... Dash to a protective bathtub were hiding under manholes contemplating what could be their last moments for others a resigned acceptance thinking that staring at the beauty of Hawaii was not a bad way to go a protective bathtub what does that mean what the fuck does that mean a protective bathtub is there special missile-proof bathtubs that I don't know about this is the first time hearing of this shit what if I want a missile-proof bathtub where do I get it god damn it I feel exposed here North Korea shoots a missile at my studio. What am I going to do? Well, I'm not going to get in my fucking protective bathtub, that's for sure. Because I don't have one. So in any case, that's what happened yesterday in Hawaii. Crazy shit. Crazy shit going on. So Standard Jesus Show, chapter uh, 1, verse 24. By the way, check out the Marijuana Times show. You see the uh, the banner behind me. Check out the Marijuana Times Show on YouTube and Facebook at MarijuanaTimes.org. Of course, check out the video versions of this show and help support the show. Patreon.com slash StonerJesus420. Got an Antichrist update coming up. And then uh, my interview with Scott Horton. ScottHorton.org. If you want to go check him out and check out his new book, we talked about the war on drugs and more. All of that coming up on the Stoner Jesus Show. StonerJesus.net and CannabisRadio.com. Stay tuned. biatches.
0: The Stoner Jesus Show on CannabisRadio.com.
1: The Stoner Jesus Show is brought to you in part by Hemptations.com and PlanetEverywhere.com. They got a lot of awesome stuff for you to check out. But don't just take my word for it. Let Beach, the owner of Hemptations, tell you all about it
4: it's a very large selection of hemp goods everything from reusable coffee filters to frisbees bandanas everything planted everywhere on the site is made in cincinnati ohio made locally we also have other retail products from our cosmetics earthly body product bags on the retail site you know, again uh, anybody local in Cincinnati can go to Hemptations.com and get the info on the stores and everywhere is our .com is our retail site you can hit me up on Hemptation Beach or like my Facebook page Hemptations or Hemptations 2 I'm on Twitter Google <laughs> I'm on the internet everywhere just like everyone Um, you know we love to hear from people all over the world positive things about industrial hemp that's what i do that's what we do largest selection of industrial hemp on the planet in the stores and i'd like to grow that inventory to be able to say that i haven't actually checked out all the other hemp retail spots to see if we have the largest amount on our planet everywhere but uh, it's a it's a fair it's a fair selection
1: and as beach always says having temptations Hello, my children. Stoner Jesus here to tell you about a great sponsor of the show, CoreLore420. Check out CoreLore420.com, K O R L O R 420.com, or simply click that CoreLore banner on stonerjesus.net. They have extraction filter bags that are 100% silk. Get no blowouts, higher yields, and a cleaner product. Plus, silk gives you a concentrate with the best flavor. It retains the terpenes and will preserve the richest of aromas. If you want the purest product possible, then silk is for you. Go check out Coralor. Click that Coralor banner on stonerjesus.net to check out their extraction filter bags. Make sure you use promo code stonerjesus10. That's all one word, stonerjesus and the number 10 for 10% off of any purchase at CoreLore. No minimum purchase necessary. Click that banner on stonerjesus.net. Get to pressing. Get to extracting. Check out Coralor. Our banner on stonerjesus.net and make sure you use promo code stonerjesus10 to get 10% off of any purchase
4: from dabs to chibas, sativas to indicas we roll out a whole concentrate of fresh new content every week it's like going from the greenhouse to the dispensary cannabisradio.com
1: started
0: smoking my weed again I'm right back where I really always been I got over my weed just
3: long
0: enough let my probation end and today I started smoking my weed again. Hey, boy, pass me that joint. Uh,
3: Chong's choice. <laughs>
0: the Tommy Chung Podcast, only on cannabisradio.com.
2: At the same
3: time she fell in love with him I a flicker, she, she knew I was eventually gonna ask her to marry me I just had to get that ring
2: right when I came back from the hospital the first thing I did was
4: go look at my badge in the mirror <laughs>
1: Damn. Fucking shit ton of of problems. Technical problems. Can't get these stories to come up. I'm, I'm fuck up with the, the cues and the, the, the audio and the transitions. Anyway, it's time for an Antichrist update. If you don't know who the fucking Antichrist is, we well, haven't been paying attention. You just heard the thing. You hear the thing again. I'll give you a clue to who the Antichrist is. Damn. Shit's
2: going to shit. Let me fucking show y'all.
3: She knew I was eventually gonna ask her to marry me. I just had to get that ring right.
2: When I came back from the hospital, the first thing I did was go look at my badge in the mirror.
1: There you go. As foretold in the scriptures long ago, an Antichrist would rise, an Antichrist with which I would do battle for the kingdom of heaven. Of course, we identified that Antichrist in utero and following the progress and the the intelligence and the updates on the Antichrist and what she, yes, that's right, she is up to. Of course, the Antichrist is none other than Little Northwest, a.k.a. Kimye Jr., a.k.a. the Demon Spawn. Of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, and that's the little little thing we have for the the beginning of the Antichrist update. I have these stories I uh, want to talk about, but they won't fucking come up. I don't know what the problem is. I was having this. I was having problems putting this computer, this other computer, and getting the graphics up for that, so I had to shut that down. And I think it's because there's some something fucked up with the internet, the Wi-Fi, on this. Internet, so let me uh, reconnect and see if that that helps. Because if I don't have the stories to read, much less put them up on the screen, if I don't have them to read, then that kind of defeats the whole thing. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world of the Antichrist, and how are we going to defeat the Antichrist if I can't get the intelligence and the information to you, my loyal disciples? Well, I can't. It's not fucking connecting at all. God damn it. You'll think I'm not streaming this, I'm just recording it, or I might have problems. I know it says live, like, right there. That's a lie. You're not seeing it live. You're seeing a recording. I'm recording it live. Mm Because, believe me, if I I wasn't recording it live, I was putting shit together, like, just, like, segments or whatever, I'd cut all this shit out. All this fucking incredible technical difficulties. Now this fucking computer is not connecting to the Internet. Holy shit, is that annoying? Well, basically, here's what's going on. I can't read you the actual story, so I'll tell you what I remember about them. The fucking professional operation we got going here. There's a new kid, okay? There's now Northwest Antichrist, and there's Saint West, aka Fredo. They're already born. Kim Kardashian had a ton of fucking problems having them, so they used a surrogate. Her and Kanye used a surrogate of the third one. The third one's about to be born. They're not revealing the name. But that's going to be, you know, that's big. it's big. Now it says I'm connected to the internet. Let's see. Let's find out. Here we go. Kim Kardashian and Kanye West surrogate do any any day now. They are fully prepared and can't wait to bring their baby home. Anyway, that story is not important. You get that because I just told you that. Kim Kardashian declares Northwest the hide-and-seek chant. Now, see, this is valuable information. Northwest is already honing her ability to play hide-and-seek, to hide from the armies, the holy armies of stoner Jesus, the stone rabbits who have lost their fear of humans that are very dangerous, the stone squirrels from Canada. We're amassing our armies, so she's learning how to play hide-and-seek. If you could see that right there, and you'd be able to see her playing hide-and-seek. She's in an ottoman. <laughs> These are the things you put your feet up on. And, uh, well, she's... Her hair's sticking out. So she's got to work on that. But, but Kim Kardashian, I guess, put it on Twitter and Instagram and shit, declaring Northwest the champion as far as hide-and-seek goes. Let's see if I can bring it up. I'm going to give us one more attempt to bring this up. Because then you can actually see that her hair sticking out of the ottoman. It's supposed to be cute and funny. God damn it. See, nothing's coming up here. Nothing. There's not connecting right. It's fucking annoying. So annoying. And you Bring it up and fucking nothing comes up. So anyway. You don't get to see that. Turn that back off. One more story. Now, this is a big story. This, another story where the pictures would have helped. But no, it's not to be. This is from TMZ. Kim and Kanye got to spend money to make money up millions on their new home. Company, uh, the couple, couple sunk around 20 million into renovations of a home they bought for $17 million from Lisa Marie Presley. It's now worth $60 million, So they're up uh, basically a profit of $23 million. But what's important about this is this is going to be the headquarters of the Antichrist. Hidden Hills home It's a big motherfucker You see it on TMZ It's huge And that is going to be the headquarters of the Antichrist That's likely where the major battles are going to happen That's why it's very important It'll Be very important for me to be able to share these pictures with you My disciples So you have the same intelligence that I have But technically We've been thwarted And we have been thwarted In a technical manner <laughs> So we don't have that So anyway, they're making money. They're building houses. That's what's going on with the Antichrist. They have another another one on the way. They have North (coughs) Antichrist. And they have Fredo St. West. We'll see what this next one is. But we another member of the Corleone family? I don't know. (laughs) In any case, uh, we're going to go to break. Then an interview with Scott Horton coming up. So thanks, everybody. Keep spreading the word about SternJesus.net. Try to get these technical issues figured out. The show's looking better. We've got more going on. Now I can figure out this, this part of it. Uh, next few weeks, I'm going to try uh, testing streaming on YouTube and Facebook. See if we can get back to doing live streaming shows. We've got some more great interviews coming up for you. Coming up next, Scott Horton from scotthorton.org. Go check out his show, The Libertarian Institute. Check out The Scott Horton Show. Scott Horton Show on Twitter. All of that. Uh, We had a great talk about the war on drugs and more. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. Uh, As I said, Scott Horton interview coming up after this break, yo. The Stoner Jesus Show on CannabisRadio.com. Hello, everyone.
0: Stoner Jesus
1: here. Tell you about another awesome Stoner Jesus show sponsor, Cannabis Seeds USA. Check out that Cannabis Seeds USA banner on stonerjesus.net. Let me ask you a question Do you live in a state where it's legal to grow? There's lots of them, there's dozens now, medical and recreational states. Do you need seeds? Do you need seeds shipped in the U.S.? Well, check out Cannabis Seeds USA. Click their banner on stonerjesus.net. They got indoor and outdoor seeds. They have tons of strains. They have hybrid, they have sativa, they have indica. Everything you need. OG Kush, Sour Diesel, Grape Ape. They got single seeds. They got packs. Click that Cannabis Seeds USA banner on stonerjesus.net. If you live in a legal state and you need seeds shipped in the U.S., you need to check out Cannabis Seeds USA. Go click their banner on stonerjesus.net and check them out. Cannabis Seeds USA. Hello, my children. Stoner Jesus here to tell you about another great sponsor of the Stoner Jesus show, NextBardo.com. Check out that headshot banner on stonerjesus.net. They don't have just glass, they have a full line of smoking products, including wood pipes, metal pipes, roll your own supplies, pouches, storage, grinders, dab rigs, water pipes, vaporizers, and more. An amazing variety. Check out NextBardo.com. That's N E X T B A R D O. Dot com or simply click their banner on stonerjesus.net to check them out. There's free shipping on all domestic orders over $20, and free shipping and a free gift with orders over $50. They offer worldwide shipping. Make sure you use discount code STONERJESUS. That's all one word, STONERJESUS, to get 10% off your first order at nextbardo.com, 21 and older, please. Click that headshot banner on stonerjesus.net. Make sure you use discount code STONERJESUS.net. Stoner Jesus, all one word, and get ten percent off your first order at Next Bardo. Check them out! Another awesome sponsor of the Stoner Jesus Show.
0: The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested.
2: Be no crime. Hemp Inc is even hot proof by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, ya you know? Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Do you want to get in on the booming cannabis industry? With new frontier data, we give industry insiders the power of big data analytics to help navigate this rapidly growing and changing landscape. New Frontiers tools help you make critical decisions based on the facts. Our industry analyst reports reveal the best opportunities. Our custom research engagements deliver answers to the most difficult questions. And our cutting-edge big data platform, Equio, puts real-time information and answers you need right at your fingertips. Go to www.equio.io and sign up for your free membership today. That's E Q U i-o to sign up now the power of real-time big data is now in your hands run with new frontier and let us help you conquer the wild cannabis confidential with dr dina candid
0: i want to give you the inside story captivating i want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends compelling
1: Welcome back, everybody. It's Stoner Jesus Show. On Skype, we have Scott Horton from scotthorton.org and Scott Horton Show, or Scott Horton, yeah, Scott Horton Show on Twitter. Uh, Scott, how's it going? Uh,
3: I'm doing good. How are you? Thanks nice for having me.
1: Pretty good. Not a problem. Thanks for coming on. I know you're busy. You got a lot of stuff going on. You do many, many interviews uh, with people, uh, so I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Um, for people who don't know your background, uh, you're... you're Considered an expert by many when it comes to like, the wars in Afghanistan and, and Iraq and other Middle Eastern conflicts and other wars around the world. Uh, can you give us like a, a quick little background for people who may not know who you are?
3: Sure. Well, I started in Pirate Radio in about 1998, ni- late part of 98, early 99, on Free Radio Austin here in Austin, Texas. and uh, Then I started working for Antiwar.com. Oh, I was on Chaos Radio after that. Uh, and I started working for Antiwar.com in about 2005, 2006, part-time. And then I'm the opinion editor there now. And I've been hosting more or less a daily interview show for 10 years, 11 years now, since the beginning of '07. So that's my main thing. And then uh, also I'm the author of the book Fool's Error and Time to End the War in Afghanistan, which started out as a book about the whole terror war, but I kind of got stuck on Chapter 2. So it became an <laughs> Afghanistan book. Um, and then I run my own institute, which is the Libertarian Institute. It's me and Sheldon Richmond and our friend Jared LaBelle, uh, helps run it. It was, uh, Will Grigg, the great, uh, William Norman Grigg as well. Um, but he died last year, uh, last April. But anyway, we're kind of, uh, um, uh, you know, pulling through and trudging along there at the Libertarian Institute. And then, uh, yeah, that's about it.
1: Awesome. So uh, I see you take I uh, spent a lot of time researching the war in Afghanistan, the Middle East and stuff like that. Uh, compared to that, how much time have you spent uh, actually checking out the war on drugs and then researching what's going on there?
3: Well, you know, to be honest, that was uh, a big part of my early politics, you know, when I was in high school and and shortly after that was the war on drugs. It's one of the first things I learned, you know, about. You know, real deep state politics was the Republicans selling drugs in the 1980s uh, to pay for the death squads in El Salvador and Nicaragua. While at the same time, the Reaganites were the ones, you know, pushing the whole war on drugs and treating it like a war against particularly poor and darker-skinned people. You know, um, and so yeah, like in high school, I wrote a report about how pot became illegal in the first place, and Red Emperor wears no clothes, and all that cool stuff. You know, back then. Um, I guess overall, um, and the drug war is hugely important, I guess, you know, my kind of place in the, the division of labor is maybe I'm a little bit better at covering Iraq and Afghanistan than I am covering the drug wars. This seems more important, uh, to me, the actual, you know, the real worse war, The war on drugs here, it is a literal war in a lot of ways, but it's mostly a metaphorical war, which is bad enough. But the actual wars, that's kind of worse. But anyway, you know what I mean? It's all kind of part and parcel of the same empire. It's, It's just a racket. It's the same kind of racket, you know, paying cops and soldiers to keep failing and to continue pushing boulders uphill and never succeed and never run out of, quote, work to do without ever having to get real jobs.
1: Yeah, it seems that um, uh, I guess especially since World War II that we've kind of been in this war mindset that, you know, hey, we beat Hitler and all this other stuff and the Japanese with war. So we can just tackle anything with war, whether it's a foreign war or the war on poverty or the war on drugs. Uh, is that something you ever see ending or is that just a permanent cycle that we've gotten ourselves into?
3: Yeah, it's tough. You know, I think I remember reading somewhere that that was a big inspiration for Karl Marx was seeing the success that the government had in regimenting society in order to go to war and if government can accomplish all this to go to war then why can't they accomplish all this to make sure that everybody's fed or you know whatever it is and so and then we've seen this I mean, maybe marx is the argument ad absurdum right but we've seen this certainly among americans after world war one and world war two among the progressive movements that just look at just what we're capable of when we really put our mind to it and that kind of thinking and so you know you know part of the what's really you know unfortunate about that is all the terrible failures of the military in whether it's in world war ii or the war on terror anything else they all get papered over because no one wants to talk bad about the soldiers or whatever right so if a government program like housing and urban development or the federal reserve board or anything else is doing a bad job pretty much no problem to criticize them for it, you know, but criticizing heroic cops and selfless golden idol soldiers by criticizing the policies that they are sent to implement. It's I mean, it's not really criticizing them necessarily, but that's the way people take it. And so you look at all the ridiculous blunders of World War Two and all the war crimes, all the deliberate and all that accidental so-called collateral damage and all the rest of that. Never mind all that. What's important is look at how many ships they were able to put to float in only 8 weeks, man. It's unreal, isn't it? Aren't you impressed? And and then so that that kind of organizational success or whatever gets becomes the model for you know big dreamers about just think of what I could make government do if it was under my control and influence. You know what? I bet we could eradicate alcoholism or say mm. Heroin addiction, or people sitting around smoking pot, telling jokes, or whatever it is we think is going to you know hurt us so bad. What is it that government can do? They can land a man on the moon. So proverbially speaking, the government ought to be able to do anything uh, to accomplish anything that we can agree is a greater societal goal or whatever. That I think really is the mindset, and uh, yeah. and it's too bad. Yeah, World War II is the worst example because it's the thing. It's the worst thing that ever happened that Americans love the best. It's really foundational myth of the modern American empire. You know, George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, eat your heart out. It's FDR is the rule is the real founder of modern America. And so, you know, the idea is with only an enlightened and inspired enough president and a compliant Congress. We can remake the world for the better, just like our <laughs> way. What a great dream for a bunch of liberals to have at everybody else's expense, of course. You know, yeah.
1: More, we're, uh, we're definitely still waiting for all that to to come to fruition. <laughs> right. um, by the way, for anybody who's looking for like a, a background on uh, the drug war, I don't know if you've checked out these podcasts over at the Mises Institute. They have a podcast called Historical Controversies. That's done uh, quite a few episodes on the drug war. So if anybody's looking for more in depth uh, stuff, they can check that out. If you check those oh, out, oh, that must
3: uh, be Clark Thornton, huh? Uh,
1: it's uh, Chris Calton.
3: Oh, okay. Come yeah, on. yeah. It's they did like uh, three or four going back, back to the nineteenth century. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out.
1: Yeah, it goes back in like uh, you know the original you know opium wars and, and you know the the prohibition of opium and heroin, how it led to alcohol and cannabis. It's it's really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What do you think about oh, the uh, the? I'll oh, go uh, ahead.
3: The Strange Career of Marijuana. And it was about how basically, well, the only people who smoke it are blacks and Mexicans. And they're unwanted labor surplus in the Great Depression. So let's just round them up and call it pot. You know, it was like just an excuse. And then, of course, there's the the hemp farmers were competition for the paper for the loggers and the paper mills and their DuPont chemical and is all the different petroleum products and whatever, whatever. But mostly it started out, you know, basically. Working class slubs who, you know, had not much. I guess it didn't take much political power um, to get local sheriffs and and state officials to consider smoking pot a crime, just because it was almost entirely blacks and Mexicans who smoked it. Yeah, it was just
1: yeah. It's interesting you go back and look at you know the uh, the quotes from Henry Anslinger that you can Google about it was just really blatantly racist uh, foundation that that we need to stop this plant, there really wasn't all that prevalent uh, as far as use goes, especially not compared to today. It's a, it's a really crazy history.
3: Yep. I mean, think about how many people's lives have been ruined just by the war on pot. And, you know, even today when you talk about legalizing pot or get into those issues, I mean, and, and people have done a lot of great work on this, but it's made to where it almost sounds like it's silly and trivial or something, because in fact, smoking a joint is trivial. It doesn't mean anything doesn't change anything. It doesn't hurt anyone. It doesn't do anything. But so then it makes the issue seem somehow ridiculous when you're talking about people going to jail, people being fined, people having their families broken apart, kids in foster care. You know, I mean, in the in the worst cases, things get out of control, man. People can't, you know, pay their fines or they get caught with, you know one gram too much in quantity in the trunk of their car or whatever it is, and their lives are ruined. And especially going back in time where you had people going to jail for decades just for pot possession, not even dealing. But there were people who certainly, uh, especially in the past, got the severest of sentences for a roach in an ashtray or this kind of thing. Or you look at all the people who are on probation or parole for some non-crime, and then they get revoked because of a joint in their ashtray, and then they end up having to go back to prison, you know. Over some nonsense when they're trying to get their life together. It's just it's incalculable. It's like that time that George Bush invaded Iraq and just ruined everything and killed everybody and just what a horrible unforced error. What what a horrible thing. Not that he did it accidentally. It was a premeditated murder plot, but I just mean what a what a horrible thing to not have to happen at all. For it to not have to be this way at all. And yet it is. It's just insane. I mean, there, you know, where well, this is one of the biggest crimes prosecuted in America's possession of pot. Where's what? Hundreds of thousands of cases a year, or millions, or something of cases a year of people busted smoking a joint or with, you know, some personal amount in possession, you know, while they're traveling or in their house or something. That's crazy. And we call ourselves a free society. It's the same thing with the IRS. You're telling me it's a crime to earn money. It's a crime that I have to confess to. Uh, in violation of my Fifth Amendment rights, it's a crime to earn. I have to confess to it. And then you're going to fine me based on how successful I was at earning money. Like yeah. Then we're going to call ourselves a free society without just laughing ourselves and each other right off the face of the earth. You call yourself free when earning money is a crime. When so- it's interesting now. It's a crime or selling a joint to somebody else. That's It's insane. Uh, who cooked up that slogan in the first place? What does freedom have to do with living here? Yeah,
1: uh, it keeps people in line. They think they're free, and they they you know they'll they'll shackle themselves, as has been said. It's interesting you should mention Iraq because uh, my path to libertarianism, really, that was a key part of it. Is uh, March two thousand three? I was you know a George W. Bush fan. I was a George W. Bush voter. I was recording CNN on the VCR. I was going to have a a record of this, us bringing democracy and freedom to this country, these poor backwards people who have suffered under Saddam Hussein. And George W. and the Americans are coming there and make everything great. And just the 14, now almost 15 years of just abject failure and destruction that we brought to that country, I don't see how anybody can ever be pro-war in any sense after seeing just how horribly that was what we were told and what happened and is just the, the debacle of of unimaginable proportions.
3: Yeah, well, I'm glad that you're, you know, big enough that you fessed up to it. I think a lot of people prefer to pretend that that wasn't them. It was somebody else or, you know, whatever it is. But I think there's a huge reckoning there. And, you know, this is, I think, one reason for the, you know, sort of pseudo success of the book. Everybody seems to like it so far. It's done pretty well. And it's not so much that people are that interested in Afghanistan, although I don't want to sell them short. Maybe they are, and I hope they are. It's really important. But... Chapter one is, you know, 100 pages or so, or I don't know what it is, 75 pages or something on how this is all Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan and George Bush and Bill Clinton's fault. Never even mind George W. Bush. Mm -hmm. These men, the previous administrations were the ones who backed the terrorists and then backstabbed them and did nothing to then protect us from the enemies that they had created for us leading to the September 11th attack. America started it. America, it was Carter and Reagan that created the terrorists, it was Bush Senior that backstabbed them by occupying Saudi Arabia in order to attack Iraq in 1990-91, and it was Bill Clinton who agreed to keep our forces there for eight years in the policy of dual containment of Iraq and Iran, and constantly bombing Iraq from Saudi Arabia for eight years straight, and then of course support for Israel. That was why they attacked us. not saying it's okay. I'm just saying that was their motivation. It wasn't because Islam makes them hate freedom. It's because Bill Clinton and his predecessors make them hate the U.S. government. Sort of like we hate the U.S. government for all the things that it does to us. That was why they did it. And then George Bush said, oh, no, they hate us only because of our innocence. And in fact, the better we are, the more they hate us. So we have no choice but to just wage war from now on. Oh, and by the way, they is to be defined as broadly as possible. Not the group of four hundred or so men that launched this desperate Hail Mary attack on us, but we're just gonna define that to mean any regime in the region that we don't like, none of which back Al Qaeda except our allies, Saudi Arabia. Um you know, anyway, sorry I forgot how I started that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's interesting that you know, the way that the, the kind of the dual hammer of we're gonna use war to bring freedom, whether it's, you know, a foreign war or it's the war on drugs. The War on Drugs is supposed to bring people freedom from drugs and, and clean up the neighborhoods and stop the violence and all that stuff, and it's not produced any of that. Um, Coming to more current events, uh, you may – I don't know how much you've looked into this, but Jeff Sessions the other day rescinded the Cole memo, basically unleashing the U.S. attorneys to do whatever they feel at their discretion when it comes to uh marijuana in, in states where it's legal. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever been looking at that, and what are your thoughts on uh, what Sessions said and did?
3: Not very much. In fact, I guess I would turn it around and ask you whether the consensus is that we're to expect the U.S. attorneys to now go crazy and start prosecuting people who have been obeying state law and getting along or whether this is really kind of a mountain out of a molehill that he signed. He rescinded that previous guidance, but he didn't really replace it with instructions to prosecute. So.
1: don't. Yeah, the The first thing you notice is that it. Um- it definitely could have been much worse. I mean, he could have uh, uh, directed them a, in a certain way. Uh, the campus community at first was, you know, all uh, a Twitter, I guess, to, to borrow a phrase, because it's we've been expecting for almost a year for Jeff Sessions to do something. Yeah, he's he's very clear about it. he hates marijuana. He thinks people that smoke marijuana suck. He doesn't want it in his country or or, or whatever. Um, but now I think a lot of people have pulled back to a position of one. It could have been worse, and most U.S. attorneys have come out and said they're going to leave things the way they are. There's been others that have said, you know, this is a return to the rule of law, and, you know, we're going to do it on a case-by-case basis. They're going to
3: attack their cronies' uh, you know, business competition is what they're going to do, right? Yeah. Going to leave it like it is where it's half legal, half illegal, and then they can just – like heroin in Afghanistan, it just becomes a political football. Everybody's got to yeah. pay their bribes to stay on the good side of these guys.
1: Yeah, and uh, another thing that's interesting thing that's happening. I don't know how far it'll go. It may just be an initial thing, but it's it's caused a lot of people in Congress, a lot of lawmakers in Congress, kind of get off the fence as far as saying, you know, well, we need to keep you know like the middle ground here and moving more towards the camp of Congress needs to do something about this. Whether or not they will, I don't have any faith in that at all. I think they'll talk about it for a couple weeks, and then things will go back to the way they were. But uh, for most people uh, now, the ball seems to be in Congress's court, and Congress needs to repeal federal prohibition get it off the control of substances act take it out of the schedules whether or not that'll happen i'm I'm extremely doubtful but you know I guess you got to hope at this point that the government will give you a tiny bit of the freedom back that they've taken for so long they'll they'll hoard it and take it for years and then give you a little bit back and, and pat themselves on the back and say you know we've We really helped you out of a jam here.
3: Yeah. Well, and if they ever do legalize it all, it's only because they're going to decide that they can make more money being bribed by the pot industry than by the jail industry or whatever it is. That's the only calculation that they really have to make is what's in it for them. You know,
1: Yeah, it's really a shame that, you know, we've gotten to a point where it's and I've said this for for quite a while now that we're we're going to get legalization of some form And it's going to be restricted and heavily regulated and heavily taxed, but we're all going to say, oh, well, it's better than prohibition, so that's great. When it didn't have to be this way at all, it could have been something much different. But now we're at the point where, well, the government has to ride in and save us from the very problem that they began by making it illegal in the first place. When
3: they keep the taxes high, they keep the markets black anyway. I mean I think we've seen that already, and especially like in Washington state where they make – the barriers to, you know, running a pot business and the barriers to buying pot so high that people just still go to their regular guy that they used to go to anyway. Yeah. Some prices don't even go down that much, and because there's still profit to be made in smuggling and selling on the black market. So.
1: Yeah, when you look at Canada now, there's a lot of profits. Just
3: turn the markets open and just legalize yeah. it. Full stop. Let people just grow it in their house or trade it with their friends like stamps or whatever they want, you know, yeah. like anything else.
1: Yeah. You look at you uh, Canada now, they're talking about I a lot
3: of sales a, between private consenting adults, nobody else's damn business. I know a no, I I mean, will I'm a libertarian based on that. Somebody said, "Do you, uh, you know, um, do you approve of capitalistic acts between consenting adults? And he said, you know, I guess I do. I guess he had to think about it for a while. So yeah, so so take that especially all like, you know, socialist leaning pot smokers out there. Hey, if somebody wants to sell pot and somebody wants to buy some, never mind that we're talking about pot here. Isn't that a perfectly none of your business transaction <laughs> no matter what it is that they're buying and selling? Isn't that the deal as long as there's no force theft or fraud? That
1: yeah. it'd it, it's, it's
3: somebody's a- business, you know? It's always struck
1: me, and you look at a guy like Bernie Sanders, a lot of his supporters are, are pot smokers, and they also believe that the government should be involved in all this other stuff. But they've seen how the government's evolved with marijuana and how badly that's gone and how they jump from that to, hey, but the government should control the economy and things like that. I've, I've never understood.
3: No, I mean it's easy to be cynical. I, it's easy for me actually to, to rationalize and justify why any leftist – would be a leftist just based on who right wingers are and thinking, well, I guess I must be on the left then and vice versa too. I can see why any right winger would say these clowns. I mean, clearly I'm on the right and now it's just a matter of finding my place on the right. Or whatever I can absolutely forgive why people would see whichever of the two sides as worse than the other, because they are both worse than each other in a lot of ways, you know, um, no. terrible. So, I do kind of – I can see why, but I also got to wonder, like you, about the cognitive dissonance there. They're like, I hate cops, can't stand bureaucrats. I Look at how unfair they treat everybody all the time. Yeah, if only all the property was owned and controlled by them. Yeah. <laughs> the cops and the doctors and the landlords and the, and the offices and the office bosses were all the same guys. You know, once this is all consolidated, then we'll be free. Once we create a dictatorship of the proletariat, yeah, I'm sure the proletariat are going to be the ones ruling the dictatorship. And then once they're done making everything perfect, then everything's going to be fair and equal and fine. I mean, that's hardly even stupid, right? What's lower than. St- <laughs> I mean, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, make sure they have all the guns. Yeah, my wife is from the Soviet Union. And in the Soviet Union, Yeah, no, really, the government owns your house and the government is the doctor. And that means that if the government doesn't like you anymore, guess what? You don't have a place to live and you don't have any health care. There's no division here. It's one office, the local communist party, and they decide. And in fact, in her case, not to get too specific, but once they made it clear that they were taking advantage of the loopholes because the Soviet Union was allowing Jewish emigration at the time to in certain quotas or whatever, certain amounts. Once they made it clear that that was what they wanted to do, man, the hammer came down on everything else. They were punished in every other way. The the education, housing, food allowances and whatever. I mean, everything. Because they controlled everything. That's why it's called totalitarianism. This is what people think would be better than having rich, evil, greedy capitalists you know, wasting money on yachts. I would rather have rich evil capitalists wasting money on yachts and then reinvesting the rest of their money in, you know, capital and, you know, in, in, in production of goods and services people need instead of living in desperate poverty at the whim of a cop. You imagine literally your doctor is a cop or works for the cops. Your grocer is a cop. You know, people think that that would be an improvement upon the current system. Anyway, <laughs> it's definitely, incredible. I um, I thought the I want to thank you uh, had too many cops with too many yeah. responsibilities, you know,
1: um, before we let you go, Scott, is there uh, any other projects or anything else? Uh, maybe we can be found online or anything else we got going on that you want people to know about?
3: Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I got a bunch of speeches and stuff I'm giving mostly about the book, um, On uh, February the 3rd or the 8th or something, I'm doing um, Thaddeus Russell's, uh, the 7th. February the 7th, I'm doing Thaddeus Russell's uh, Renegade University. I'm doing a speech in Corpus Christi on the 18th of this month for the Republican Liberty Caucus there. And then um, uh, March 2nd through 4th, I'm going to be in Washington, D.C. I'm going to be tabling at the Israel Lobby Conference. And I'm going to be, I think, speaking at the Students for Liberty and also at the Tenley Town Library there in D.C. Uh, at the beginning of March. And I'll have more stuff like that on my website if anybody wants to check that out. I'll be giving talks about mostly about the book, I guess. Awesome. By the way, you'll love it. It's called Fool's Air and Time to End the War in Afghanistan. And Ron Paul and Daniel Ellsberg think it's good. So Awesome. So uh,
1: ScottHorton.org, Scott show on Twitter. Scott, thanks for coming on. And – uh if you anything you want to promote or let us know about, just uh, let us know. We'll have you back on.
3: Yeah, sure thing. I guess uh, one last thing would just be make sure and read everything Jason Ditz writes at antiwar.com every day. And then I pick out all the viewpoints for you there, too, if you want to know what's going on in foreign policy.
1: Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, Scott. All right, thank you very much for having- all Right. No problem. Maybe a good one. Scott Horton, Scott Horton.org, Scott Horton Show on Twitter. The book's Fool's Errand. Go check it out.